welcome to episode 23 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Tyrion Chapter 3 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. And before we get started, we have two very special guests joining us today. Um, Gabby's kind of feeling a bit under the weather, so we have asked Hannah and Clayton to help us out for a couple episodes. So thank you so much for joining. You're welcome. Hello. (laughs) Um, So Hannah is my sister, and she is actually our amazing artist that has designed our podcast cover art. So yeah, Hannah, we're going to ask you, who is your favorite character? I have two favorite characters. Okay. Firstly is Danny, because she's just... She's Danny. She's a boss-ass <laughs> bitch, you know? Oh, yeah. And then sure. Sansa, although yep. more towards the end than the beginning. That's okay. Because she definitely grows into herself. And Sansa's like, like one of my favorite characters because her character arc is just phenomenal. It really is. And then who is your? what's your favorite house? Again, not just one. Stark, <laughs> Stark is like top, but really close second is Targaryen just because the dragons. Yeah. Can't. They're cool. You can't deny the dragons, you know? Yeah. Awesome. And then we also have Clayton, who is Hannah's boyfriend, and he's just basically part of our family now. Um, Clayton, what is your favorite character? Who is your favorite character? My favorite character is Tormund Giantsbane. Very good. We haven't met him yet, but he is a pretty cool character, if you guys have seen the show. Yeah. And then who's your favorite house? Uh, also, I don't think you guys have talked about, but House Martell would be my favorite. Yeah, they're pretty cool. See, yeah, we have to get more into the story before you guys meet them, but (laughs) they're pretty cool. All right, news? So the news that we have today, it's kind of fun. Um, So we haven't met this character yet in the book, but there's a character in the show called The Mountain. Um, We've actually met his brother in the book, um, Sandor Clegane. Or uh, The Hound. Or The Hound. Um, But The Mountain is played by um, a man called Half Thor Bjornsson. And he's actually a massive individual. Um, he actually holds the world record for the deadlift, uh, which is 1,104 pounds. But Thor Bjornsson is going to have a boxing match versus an Irish boxer. And uh, I guess Thor Bjornsson is actually a pretty avid boxer, from what I understand, wow. which is terrifying. But <laughs> Because um, if you see him, he's massive. <laughs> he weigh, yeah, he's four hundred. He's six foot nine and four hundred and fifty-two pounds. Jeez. So he's a massive individual. Yeah. So I can imagine this fight is probably going to be. Crushing skulls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was the news for today. So that's cool. going to be uh, on. I believe it's going to be on some kind of streaming service or something. But it's January fifteenth in Dubai. Sweet. They'll be brawling. <laughs> um, okay, so the Martin message today. Again, nothing to do with Winds of Winter or anything, but um, he has edited a version of Deuces Down, which is a novel by John J. Miller and Stephen Lee. It is a novel from the Wildcard series, um, and I didn't really know much about this series, so I looked up the little synopsis online, and it said, In this revised collection of classic wildcard stories, the spotlight is on the most unusual wildcards of them all, the Deuces, people with minor superpowers but their impact on the world should be, not be underestimated as we see how they've affected the course of wild car- cards alternate history on sale now yeah, so, another plug yeah <laughs> yeah so he's not working on game of thrones <laughs> of course okay so we have some reader listener answers this time some people actually answered 
Um, I know last time we just, said that we were not some. It's just Katie. Just just one. Yes. Um, <laughs> but we said if you did answer them, we would read them. Um, yeah. And so we had one. So thanks, Aunt Katie. Yes. So the first question was, what do we think of the significance of the throne being in debt to the Lannisters? Aunt Katie says about the debt. To be in so much debt is a weakness unless there is no consequence. He's the king. He makes the rules. If the king owes you money, he could call it as a posterity tax and not pay you back. Or could be favors are wanted by the by the lender. Mm-hmm. So why doesn't he have money from poor guidance, maybe, collection or management? Or from overindulgence, a nonsense with the torment, tournament. Yeah. So I agree with that. Because if we know um, Bobby B. Bobby B's got an He appetite. likes to indulge yeah. in a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that He's, is not necessary. Yeah. Um, the second one is, why is Baelish hiding cat in a brothel? And Aunt Katie said, probably a safe hiding place depending on who knows. Yet many would know, would need to hold that secret. Yeah, I think yes. that's what we said too. And the third one is, what do you think of Ned's uh, decided course of action to go to the king? Is it smart or stupid? And should he have listened to Littlefinger and tossed the blade? So Eddard should not go to the king. That's what Aunt Katie says. Mm-hmm. Um, the king is not the same as was discerned in the past. Um, tossing the blade might help, and if the queen and brother know they have it, they know Bran is alive. Like Definitely. you said, it has no purpose... Even when they know who it belongs to, it doesn't prove who used it, which That's I agree with. That's a very good with, point. But I disagree with tossing the blade. I feel like it's just... Yeah. I agree with Ned in the sense where he if, said... If I, they, like, toss the blade, it would make them look suspicious. Yeah, but I, I also see, like, where where Ned said in there, he goes, I literally had my son saved by a wolf that I found in the snow. You think I'm, like, going to just toss out things right. by happenstance? <laughs> I'm just going to hold on to everything that I got right now. Yeah. So... Yeah. But, yeah. Thank you for answering, Aunt Katie. Yes, thank you, Aunt Katie. Uh, okay, so the review of last episode. Last episode, uh, Ned attended his first small council meeting where he learned that the crown is six million gold pieces in debt, half of which they are in debt to the Lannisters. Baelish takes Ned to see Catelyn, who is hiding out in the brothel, and then they discuss the dagger, and then Catelyn is sent back to Winterfell while Ned will start gathering information about this predicament. Uh, today... Uh, Tyrion is planning his goodbyes as he prepares to leave um, Castle Black. Um, and he's making fun of some people and having a good time and not really listening. But everyone seems to have a message for him to send as he travels south. Um, he decided he takes a walk and then he decides that he wants to go up on the wall and he meets with John for the last conversation before they say goodbye to each it's other. It's end of an era. Yeah. <laughs> so our wine description today is a Kirkland signature, so you know it's good. Straight from Costco. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon. Sauvignon. It's from New Zealand. Sauvignon Blanc. So it's not really French. It's New Zealand. <laughs> so. Yeah, knows the French in the fam. It's, uh, so it's a white wine. All right. And while Chris is pouring our wine... Um, I'm going to read our third wine rule from the New Wine Rules book by John Bonet. It is, a good wine store employee is your best friend. The author says to get to know your wine store staff because then they will learn more about your tastes and they will be able to guide you to the wines they love and the ones they think you will love. Then he lists five tips for buying wine like a pro. So tip number one, 
Find a good store. That's true. It should cover many wine regions and have people who are knowledgeable about their wines. So he said it's like choosing an independent bookstore so they can like show you to what they like and stuff. Number two, figure out if they are stocking good stuff. They should have a diverse selection from small wineries. So stuff you can't find at like Meyer or Walmart. Tip number three. Be confident. You are the customer. You shouldn't have to pretend to know more than you actually do. Tell the staff what you want, and they should be able to follow your lead. You shouldn't feel the need to use jargon. And if you feel intimidated, get out of town because it's not a good shot. Tip number four, build a relationship. So you have to be a regular customer so that they can learn your tastes and they can get you more wines that you're going to like. And I thought this last one was really interesting. So tip number five is try the champagne test. So if you recognize more than half the champagne brands on the shelf of a certain wine shop, look for a different shop because champagne has the largest split between big corporate names and little ones. Hmm. So if they have like more big name ones like St. Julian or whatever. Andre. Andre, yeah. <laughs> they aren't going to be a diverse store because they don't they don't I feel like St. Julian like, is here. Though. Yeah. Like well, in, in Michigan we have St. Julian, but I guess that's different yeah. then. But like, if they have the bigger ones like Andre, Andre or whatever, yeah. Yeah. they're probably not going to hold good wines either because they're going to have a lot more of like the big corporate names rather than the small winery names. True. That makes sense. Yeah. So try the wine. Oh, I do need to try the wine. I think it's yeah. very sour. What is it? Again? Oh, Sauvignon. It's, it's sour. It's very tart. It's Sauvignon Blanc. It tastes like. It's not bad though. I like it. It tastes like a sour grape, like candy type of thing. That's it does. A, that's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. But not as sugary. Mm-mm. Yum. All right, let's get into it. Okay, let's do this. <clears throat> so, Tyrion is having his last meal with some of the members of the Night's Watch. Lord Commander Mormont is like, "Are you sure you gotta leave?" And Tyrion's like, yep. "Yeah, Jamie's gonna be worried. Um, he's gonna be worried that you have convinced me to take the black." Mormont's like, I would if I could. And then he commented that Tyrion is a cunning man and that they need all the men like him that they could get. Tyrion said that then he is going to scour the Seven Kingdoms for dwarfs and ship them all to you, Lord Commander. <laughs> Sir Alistair Thorne is there and he's like, he's mocking us. And without skipping a beat, Tyrion comes back and is like, only you, Sir Alistair. <laughs> and then everyone at the table erupts into laughter. <laughs> Um, and then Sir Alistair did not find this amusing, and he goes, You have a bold tongue for someone who is half a man. Perhaps you and I should visit the yard together. And Tyrion's like, But the crabs are here. Because they were eating crabs, so they're like, Why would we go there and we're eating crabs? Like, no. But food. (laughs) But food. And then Sir Alistair comes back and he said, Come and make japes with steel in your hand. So this whole time, basically, Tyrion's just messing with Sir Alistair. So he goes... I have steel in my hand, but it's a crab fork. Shall we duel? And then he stands up on his chair and begins poking at Thorne's chest with his fork, pretending to duel him. And again, everyone's erupting into laughter, and even Mormont's raven was joining in and going, duel, duel, duel. So remember, it was a couple episodes ago, we talked about the importance of his raven only repeats like one or two syllable words. And it's usually something that someone around them has said before, but it's always so like relevant to the situation so just a little reminder and then sir alistair gets all grumpy pants and he leaves the room and then Tyrion's like as soon as he leaves he goes i get thorn's share of crabs and mormont was like (laughs) you are so wicked to provoke him like that 
And Tyrion sat down, took a sip of wine, and said, If a man paints a target on his chest, he should expect that sooner or later someone will loose an arrow on him. I have seen dead men with more humor than Sir Alistair. <laughs> Yikes. And then the Lord Steward, Steward, Bowen Marsh, said, No, you should hear the names he gives to the boys he trains. And I think one was like Toad, one was Oryx. One was, was Toad. Yeah. yeah. And then there's Oryx, which is like a big bull. And then there's Lord Snow, which is making fun of John because he's not so, a bastard. Yeah. He's a bastard, but... Anyway, so Bowen Marsh is round and red as a pomegranate, and his nickname is Old Pomegranate because he's so red. <laughs> um, he is a senior officer of the Night's Watch, commanding the Order of the Stewards. And then Tyrion says, I am sure the boys have names for Alistair as well. He should be mucking out your stables, not training your men. Ooh. Yikes, Tyrion. Wow. Savage. Yeah. And then Mormont goes, we have no shortage of stable boys. All they send us these days are stable boys and sneak thieves and rapers. He was like, let's be easy on Alistair. He is an anointed Lord of the Night's Watch. Um, he fought bravely at King's Landing. And then Sir Jeremy Riker, who is a ranger, said, yeah, but he fought on the wrong side. I was there, and Tywin gave him a choice, either to join the Night's Watch or have their heads cut off and put on a spike. Do you guys know, hey, Chris, do you know, or you guys, do you know what, um, like, he's talking about when he fought bravely at King's Landing, what battle that was? So, I would imagine it would be um, Robert's Rebellion. Yeah. Is it? He was on the... He was on the Targaryen side. side. Okay. He was on the Mad King side. Okay. So that would be why Tywin said, mm-hmm. "Let's watch gotcha. your death." Gotcha. And yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because that was only what twelve years ago. Yeah, years it wasn't. Ago. Yeah, the Robert's Rebellion wasn't that far before this stuff is taking place. Mm-hmm. Right. So then um, he goes, "No offense, Tyrion," because he just kind of made a jab at Tywin Lannister, who is Tyrion's dad. He goes, and Tyrion goes, "None taken." My father is very fond of heads on spikes, so I get it. And then Mormont said, I fear Sir Alistair is right, though. You do mock us in our profession. And then Tyrion goes, everyone needs to be mocked or we would take ourselves too seriously. So true. And then Jeremy Riker says, you have quite a thirst for such a small man. And then Lord Aemon's also there and he goes, I think Lord Tyrion is actually a large man. And then Tyrion says, I have been called many things, but a giant is seldom one of them. Hmm. <laughs> but, that and was then, a quote we used. Yeah, we used yep. that, yeah. And then Eamon said, but I think it's true. And then for once, Tyrion was at a loss for words. And he goes, you are too kind. And then Eamon said, I have been called many things, but kind is seldom one of them. Huh. Word play. Okay, so we haven't really talked about Eamon a lot. He's just one of the lords of the Night's Watch. Um, they do describe him a, bit, him a bit here. He's the maester. He's a maester, yeah. Yep. Yeah, sorry, I meant maester, not lord. On page 205, it describes Eamon, um, and it says, The blind man smiled. He was a tiny thing, wrinkled and hairless, shrunken beneath the weight of a hundred years, so his maester's collar, with its links of many metals, hung loose about his throat. So that's, that's Eamon. He's an old man. He's a very old man, and he's blind. He's shriveled and wrinkled. Yes. <laughs> so everyone leaves after the meal is over, and Mormont and Tyrion are sitting next to the fire, and Mormont pours them cups of mulled spirits. And Tyrion said it was so strong that it brought tears to his eyes. Chris, do you want to help me and go back and forth with this conversation with Mormont and Tyrion? It's, it's in the notes. Do you want to do Mormont and I'll do Tyrion? 
The road to King's Landing can be perilous. Tyrion goes, I have my men, but I will be okay. The watch will see you to King's Landing. And then Tyrion asks for Jon Snow to come. Mm, I don't think so. He needs to forget the life he left behind in Winterfell. If he visited home, it would only confuse him and stir up feelings. Thank you for sending your people. I hope I can repay your kindness. You can. Your sister is the queen, your brother a knight, and your father is the most powerful lord of the Seven Kingdoms. Speak to them. Tell them our needs here. We are dying. We don't have enough men to defend the wall. Yeah, so he's hoping that since his family's so powerful, he can kind of talk to them and be like, they're in much need over there from defending the wall. So, yeah. And then Mormont goes, I sent Benjen Stark to look for Waymar Royce, and we remember him from the prequel, mm -hmm. and he called him a fool. A fool. A fool. And the raven repeats that, saying fool twice, just to really drive home the fact that he was indeed a fool. <laughs> but the commander didn't really pay it any notice, uh, probably because, you know, the raven's around all the time, but Tyrion definitely did. And then Mormont goes on to talk about how Garrod forswore himself and fled, mentioning how Ned killed him for deserting the wall, but Mormont didn't believe that until Ned actually sent him Garrod's head. And then Mormont starts debating who to send next to search for Benjen, but he's at a bit of a loss because Benjen was sort of his best guy. So if Ben Stark can go missing, then anyone sent next to find him would definitely go missing as well. So he's kind of like, what do I do? And then he starts kind of thinking about the Night's Watch as a whole and how it's become nothing more than sullen boys and tired old men, other than the people sitting around the table with him. And then he goes, in addition to these 20 men, he has maybe 20 who can read and even fewer who can think, plan, or lead. Um, and fewer who can think. Right. <laughs> not, not very bright. Yeah. They're reading. They can't even think. They can't even right. think. Yeah. Um, and he's basically just like, the Night's Watch isn't what, they, what it used to be. They, at one time, the Night's Watch would spend the summer building, but now it's all they can do just to stay alive. And then this makes Tyrion feel bad for him since... Mormont spent his whole life dedicated to the watch. So if the watch is falling apart, then that means his life basically meant nothing because he spent his entire life doing this and now it's like falling apart. Right. So then Tyrion agrees to talk to his father, brother, and the king, knowing that no one would listen. And in the book it said he left the rest unsaid that that kind Robert, King Robert would ignore him, Lord Tywin would ask if he had taken leave of his senses, and Jamie would only laugh. Then asked Tyrion about how many winters he's seen, and Tyrion says eight or nine. And then he asks him if they had all been short. And then I was gonna just say, remember yeah. that winters don't last only a few months. Like in Westeros, it lasts like years, and then summers last years. And winter is coming. And winter is coming. So winter is coming. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> so then Tyrion goes into like. How when he was born, it was in a long winter that was apparently a terrible and cruel one, but his earliest memories were of the spring, so he doesn't really remember the long winter that he was a part of. Mm -hmm. And then he talks about how his wet nurse told him that if they were good, then they would get an endless summer and suggested that maybe they finally reached that point. But then Mormont basically goes, don't tell me you believe that, because the days are already shorter and there are dangerous things in the woods. And he goes on to say that I have seen darker things in my dreams, meaning... He's predicting worse things to come than what's already happening. 
And then Tyrion just thinks about how badly he wants his next drink, not really understanding the gravity of this the situation <laughs> as Mormon does. He just wants more alcohol. He just wants more. So where's the drinks? <laughs> Mormont then mentions people who have been seeing White Walkers, and Tyrion then goes, nope, now, now I gotta say something. <laughs> uh, then Tyrion, in response, says the... Fisher folk of Lannisport often glimpse mirlings, which is his way of saying they're probably just making it up. What are what are mer- merlings? What are merlings? Like I'm, I took it as like the children of like mer or not children, but like mermaids and mermen. Oh, but, so like, he's just saying this is yeah. just like a yeah a fantasy, like yeah. it's just a fairy tale kind right. of thing. Yeah. Okay, okay, got it. Lannisport being located just off of Castle Rock, where Tyrion is from. Mm-hmm. The Lannisters, right? Yeah. yeah. Mormont replies, saying there have been plenty, plenty of reports of mountain people running from something. He reiterates that Tyrion needs to tell the king that they need help because winter is coming and everyone needs to be ready. Tyrion half acknowledges what he says, but is really just focusing on, focused on getting to bed since he was pretty drunk. <laughs> <laughs> from that mulled spirits. Yeah, which made his eyes water. Made sure his eyes water really, really bad. Done real smooth. <laughs> He said he was sleepy from wine and tired of doom. Oh my gosh. He was just kind of sick of hearing Mormont go, hey, things are really bad over and over again. <laughs> so he thanks Mormont and starts to leave. But before he can get out, Mormont again says, tell them, meaning the king and his father and brother, and make them believe he's really pushing that this is important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyrion then leaves while Mormont is feeding his crow corn from his pocket. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, feeding crows corn in this yeah. book. That's, like, yeah. That's just the go-to. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so then, as he's leaving, he heads to the king's tower. Tyrion stops in the cold to look at the immense and impressive wall and realize it's his last chance to stare at from the edge of the world. He walks towards the wall, past the place where his warm bed was. He saw the staircase that everyone insisted was safe to climb, but he didn't even really get to... Consider doing it because his legs were too achy from the cold. So instead, he took the iron cage up, which is... Is it like an elevator? Yeah, it's a big elevator. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they, like, they, like pull yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want to go up the stairs of the wall anyways. It's no. really tall. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would take forever. Like really jagged and, like, yeah. Probably really steep. Yeah. It's also on ice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Maybe a little slick. I don't know. So as he's going up the elevator, he was taking in the scenery on his way up when all of a sudden... He hears someone say, Seven Hells, it's a dwarf. <laughs> As he reaches the top. Poor the, two, the two men lifting the elevator uh, basically just told him, You can do whatever you want, just don't fall off because Mormont <laughs> will kill us. <laughs> and then he starts walking along the wall, noticing they put some stone to help because it's so slick up there as it melts from everyone walking on it. So then Tyrion decides, he's looking both ways and he's like, I, I'll go west this time down the wall. Um, and he hears a voice as soon as he takes a step that says, Halt, who goes there? And Tyrion replies, If I stay still any longer, I'll freeze in place, John." Um, so then Ghost appears. The first thing that appears is Ghost, so he knows that John's up there Ghosty. already. So Ghosty. Yeah, Ghost appears um, out of nowhere and just sniffs Tyrion, and then John emerges, and he's wearing all these black furs and he's got the he's got this giant spear with him and he's got this horn so he can call if he sees anything he's like all outfitted ready to go um but he doesn't want to be up there um so Tyrion asks if he can pet ghost or will ghost chew off my arm if i try to pet him <laughs> and john goes he won't chew off your arm while i'm up here 
So he pets Ghost, and Ghost is just not amused. Says Ghost just doesn't break eye contact with him, just stares right at him. Uh, so Tyrion asked John his reason for being up on the wall, and John said that he has pulled night guard duty, and this is kind of um, basically Alistair's way of kind of sticking it to John. Mm-hmm. He's basically he's making John do these night guard duties. He said so that John will fall asleep during the morning roll call, but John goes he hasn't succeeded yet. <laughs> um, and Tyrion is amused by this, and he goes, "Well, has Ghost learned how to juggle yet?" <laughs> and he goes, "No, not yet." And he thinks it's funny, um, but he said that, believe it or not, all of the men are actually getting better because John's giving them direction. So he said that like Toad was able to actually hold the sword correctly, and one of them actually won in the yard. So they actually are doing pretty good. Yeah. So he then asked Tyrion. Um, you know, I have to walk along this wall. I have a mile-long stretch that I have to go, would you walk with me? And Tyrion goes, if you don't walk fast, yeah, I can walk with you. <laughs> and John goes, well, I have to walk uh, so that my blood doesn't freeze, according to them. So so they start walking. And Tyrion says, so I'll be leaving tomorrow, you know. And John says, I know, I know. But uh, Tyrion goes, I'm going to stop at Winterfell. Is there a message that you'd like me to bring to Winterfell. Um, and then John says, like, this joking message uh, to Rob. I don't quite remember what it was, but it was... What page is it on? I'll look it up. It was just a joking message. That would have made Rob mad if he heard it from Tyrion. Oh, and I so... know what it is. <laughs> keep, keep talking. I will find it. But Tyrion goes, okay, your brother's a lot bigger than me, and I don't want to die. So I'm not going to give you that, give him that message. But I'll tell him you say hi, basically. <laughs> um, and... John says that uh, Rickon will be old enough to know now and just tell him that he'll be home soon, even though that's not true. So that's kind of sad. And then, oh man, he goes, oh, Bran, what am I supposed to tell Bran? Um, And he looks at Tyrion and he says, could you, I need you to help Bran. That's what I need you to do. And Tyrion's very confused. He's like, what am I supposed, what is a dwarf supposed to tell a cripple? What am I supposed to tell him? And John says, I don't know what you need to tell him, but you helped me in my time of need. And so I need you to help him in his time of need. I found what he said to tell Rob. He says, tell Rob that I'm going to command the Night's Watch and keep him safe so he might as well take up needlework with the girls and have Micken melt down his swords for horseshoes. (laughs) And Tyrion goes, your brother is bigger than me. I decline to deliver any message that might get me killed. (laughs) That's funny. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, I feel like it was a message that if Rob heard it, he would laugh, but then it's also like it's coming from a Lannister. So yeah. Like, and right now, right. tensions are a little high with the Lannisters. Yeah, so. Stop it. Stop. Yeah. I kill you. <laughs> so basically, John is saying that he really wants Tyrion to help Bran in the way that he helped mm-hmm. John, and, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And so I think this is really cool. So John actually takes off his glove. It's freezing cold and holds out his bare hand. And he goes, "Thank you, friend." Oh. And Tyrion takes off his his glove and they shake hands, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. So they consider each other friends. How cute. Yeah. So they both walk to the edge of the wall and they look off shoulder to shoulder and look off into the north. Um, and I love the way they describe it here. It's basically a big clearing, and on the edge of that is the forest, and they can see the forest. Um, so that it said that the Night's Watch permitted no less than a half a mile clearing between the wall and the forest, especially near Castle Black, so they can see what was coming. Yeah, I have a question. 
is the forest like so the forest is past the wall right mm-hmm. and that's where we think the others are yeah okay. that's where benjamin went and all the rangings go through i just wanted to make sure we had that yeah so imagine on the wall you're looking north all you see is this clearing of white snow so there's just like a blank field and, and then, then there's like yeah forest. and it's okay. it's over a half mile okay. away got it um so basically, the Night's Watch permitted no less than a half mile clearing between the wall and the forest. That's like nothing. Mm-hmm. No, it's not very far. And yeah. actually, they said that, um, so near Castle Black, they've always kept the trees trimmed and stuff so that they, they can Because they need firewood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they've been constantly, like, taking it so it works. But it, Tyrion says that as you look, you know, east or west, that actually the trees come up to the wall because there's nowhere to trim. Like, mm-hmm. they've, they've come up over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so the trees are described as these thick, large, black trees um, with deep, winding, wild roots. And Tyrion said there's no wonder why they nicknamed it the Haunted Forest, because mm-hmm. it looks terrifying, apparently. I'm sure, yeah. And the biggest thing that he um, could see is that, you know, when you look south, you can see fires and towns and things like that. Um, but when you look north, there's nothing. It's just dark. So there's no fires, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, daunting. So, yeah, it's yeah. very daunting. Yeah, that's exactly the word I'd use daunting that it's so dark um and so john leans on his spear and he goes my uncle's out there and you know he left the first day i got here and he's basically saying like i'm worried about him but if he doesn't come back i'm me and ghost will go find him mm-hmm. and Tyrion goes oh i'm sure you will but then Tyrion thinks to himself well then who's gonna find you yeah mm-hmm. and that's how the chapter ends Ooh. spooky Chilling. yeah <laughs> exactly so our discussion questions that we have today are, do you think Tyrion will actually give the message to the king about needing more men at the Night's Watch, or do you think he'll just kind of... I think he will, because he has respect for, like, the people there, especially after spending so much time with him. Will the king actually listen? I don't yeah, think so. No. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, because, like, yeah. even in the in the chapter, he's like... I'll do it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not going to tell you what their response is. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly. not going to be good. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think I'll tell him, but. but yeah. yeah, he says that he's as good as his word, so he will say it, but. Yeah. yeah. Rob's just going to go, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, the second question is how do you think Tyrion could actually help Bran? I think. I, I think Tyrion's just good at words. I think he's mm-hmm. good at talking to people and making them feel better. Um. So maybe in that sense, I, I agree think, with. You know I what agree. I'm trying. Yeah. You know I'm trying to say. I think that, um, you know, now that he's can't walk, I think that all he can do is learn, and so mm-hmm. Tyrion is probably the best person to help him. Yeah. Guide him in the right direction. Mm-hmm. For sure. Of what to learn, because, like Tyrion said, like, um, like a sword needs a whetstone, a mind needs a book, mm-hmm. so he could probably push Bran in the right direction. Right, because he's yeah. so limited being... by his, like, physical exactly. restraints, and now that Bran is like that, like... They have a lot more in common. Yeah. Now. He could help him yeah. in that sense, yeah. 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 If I can do it, you can do it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's got a lot of experience being underestimated. And yeah. Bran's yeah. kind of been put in that position now. Yep. For sure. Um, and the third question is, would you venture into the haunted forest? No. 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 I think of it like no. the, the forest in Harry Potter, too. It's like, no, I wouldn't go oh, yeah. there either. I feel like it's worse than the forest in Harry Potter. Yeah. Because nobody yeah. comes back. Harry Potter. They send people That's to go find point. them, and then yeah. no one comes back. We 
at least in Harry Potter, Potter they come there's back. like unicorns and there's like centaurs. It's like there's a chance of finding good things in the Harry yes. Potter one. Hey, like, they have grumps and or what are they called? Grumpkins. Grumpkins. Yeah. And, yeah. Like <laughs> yes, there's bad stuff in there, but people students come back. Yeah, you it's know, just, it's a little spooky, but not like. Yeah, you're gonna die. You're like, gonna go spooky. and never return, right? Like <laughs> yeah. we sent our best man in there, and he's gone. He's still yeah. not. He's not. Back. We might. We might be in trouble. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So. So our Tyrion tidbit. Tyrion tidbit. This is from A Dance with Dragons. Um, it says, "Pissing is the least of my talents. You ought to see my shit." <laughs> <laughs> so just ending on a lighthearted uh, note there. Yeah. <laughs> you, gotta, right. you gotta make up for that. You know, I know. Pretty was, sad ending. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we are Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. On Instagram and Twitter, we are Game of Wines 1. On YouTube, we are Game of Wines podcast. And then on our brand new TikTok account, we are Game of Wines 1. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Aria Chapter 3. So make sure you read that chapter before next episode. Thanks for listening.